The World Health Organization declares the new coronavirus a pandemic. Trump addresses the nation regarding the virus, and apparently, it's racist to talk about it. I'm Chandler. This is The Matt and Chan Show. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Together, we will make America great again. This is the Matt and Chan Show. Welcome back to the Matt and Chan Show. I'm Chandler, sitting across, as always, from Matt White. How are you doing today, Matt? Doing fantastic. It's a big news day. I know we have some big news out there with the coronavirus. I know that's anything and everything that people are talking about today. I know with the NBA getting canceled yesterday, at least suspended, NHL has also suspended their season and MLB. Everybody's just talking about the major effects of the coronavirus. Yeah, and and all these precautions being uh, taken today uh, or, or this past week in order to reduce the spread or slow the spread of the coronavirus, hoping to uh, get to the point where we either make it to the summer and like most respiratory diseases, uh, the spread slows down when the weather gets warmer here in the Northern Hemisphere and also hoping to get to uh, the point where we have a viable vaccine for the novel coronavirus, things like that. We're just trying to slow the spread. I think it, there's going to be some inevitable continued spread. And, you know, I'll come out and say like, I was uh, probably not taking this seriously enough about a month ago when we first started hearing about the coronavirus, I think it's more of a serious issue than we had originally thought. And um, yeah, I think there's a lot of important steps being taken moving forward. I think there's some things that are being uh, overdone, but yeah, uh, coronavirus is definitely the topic for the day. I know the World Health Organization coming out yesterday and announcing that it's now a pandemic. And who? Then- who? The World Health. Oh yeah, who? Yeah, who? <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> throw that in there. Throw that in there. But yeah, they uh, came out and announced that, and then that um, then had Donald Trump come out and then address the state yesterday. So they had addressed to the union, and he made the speech, and it was supposed to calm nerves. And we've had a lot of backlash from the media, anything to bash Trump now. So here is Trump announcing his travel ban. Um, for Europe, except for the UK. Decided to take several strong but necessary actions to protect the health and well-being of all Americans. To keep new cases from entering our shores, we will be suspending all travel from Europe to the United States for the next 30 days. The new rules will go into effect Friday at midnight. So, yeah, that was uh, Trump's address, and there were actually a couple of things that either had to be taken back or clarified following that. uh, The Department of Homeland Defense had to uh, come out and say that it's only – I can't remember if it was Trump's tweet clarifying or if it was the Department of Homeland Defense, but saying it's only people that are being restricted. It's not goods and trade. Uh, Obviously, that would devastate the world economy even more if uh, we – stopped importing goods from Europe. So it's only people, and like you said, uh, not from the UK and American citizens who are overseas, if they go through the necessary screening procedures, can also return back to the United States. So there were some things that weren't super clear. 
I was listening to the Ben Shapiro show this morning and Ben was saying that whoever wrote Trump's speech there should be fired. And I tend to agree. It was a very poor speech and he was sticking on teleprompter. Usually Trump's bad speeches are when he goes off teleprompter. Uh, so yeah, it, that was pretty frustrating to listen to, but I think overall the move to limit travel from the, or from Europe to the United States is a good call. Yeah. And, and the stock market being, um, the biggest movers as with the, the Dow fell 2000 points and, um, yeah, pretty much stocks had just been under pressure. And I think this was going to happen no matter what Trump said yesterday, people are freaking out and you could see that in the stock exchange. I know we're looking at live statistics right now. It's what 2,300 points down plus, and it's continuing to fall. And this is probably one of the biggest falls since they said about 2008. Um, yeah. And that's that big of the magnitude of this and people are feeling the pressure. Yeah. And you know, it's something too, that it will be a temporary decrease in the economy. I don't think this is going to be a lasting recession as a result of the coronavirus. It will be as long as people continue to feel uncertain about the future as a result of the pandemic. As soon as people feel some sense of stability, maybe once a vaccine gets developed or cases begin going down rapidly worldwide, I think we'll see a rapid increase back to around what the levels were a few weeks ago before the coronavirus was too serious of a concern. Yeah, pretty much all of the gains Trump made in the past four years have all been erased with the coronavirus and everyone's kind of freaking out about this. And uh, I have a clip. This is from um, Jim Cramer from CNBC, usually known for more finance. And this is his response early this morning. Signs at all from our leaders in Washington and this administration that they believe the problem is as significant as you think it is? Absolutely not. They know nothing. They know nothing. Right. We know more than they do. And that's not acceptable either. I want the federal government to know more than me. All right. I hear you. I knew more than they did in 2007 and I know more than they do now. And it is disappointing. Perhaps they should talk to more leaders and the leaders can be more candid. But this is a situation where if everybody takes down the revolver, David, at the same time, we're not going to be worried about the companies to take down the revolver. Thoughts, Chandler? Um, yeah, I mean, certainly I don't care to have the federal government know more than us on everything. I think it's acceptable when we know more than they do. Um but yeah, the fact that there's so little information out on the coronavirus is obviously why the economy is so volatile, why people are so concerned. We just don't know the seriousness of this. And largely that's due to China keeping everything under wraps for such a long time. Now that it's in the United States, I think we'll get some better information on it. But still, it's too limited right now. Tests aren't as widespread as they should be. And yeah, we don't have enough information. And that's, that is rather disconcerting. Yeah, I know the central bank came out this morning, says they're going to offer $500 billion in a three-month repo operation on Thursday, pretty much to offer additional $500 billion a month to help stabilize the economy. And they're doing their, their best to make sure that this um, doesn't long-term and that we don't fall into a recession like we saw in 2008. I don't think it's as big as that right now. I think the U.S. is taking the correct measures in doing that. But we have to be careful with especially our media and the way they portray the coronavirus, it is a lot different than what we saw in H1N1 in 2009, and it's being handled a little differently. I know Obama, when he was 
um, president. This wasn't that wasn't as big of an issue. We've had the Zinka virus. We've had the Ebola um, virus. That was a virus, correct? And these are uh, a lot of things that were um, happened the past ten years that have been able to uh, people have been able to recover from. So it's important to look at and compare these situations to what President Trump is dealing with now. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think this is the most serious issue the Trump administration has faced in the last three and a half years. Uh, Trump is doing a decent job in dealing with the problem. He could be doing better. Obviously, the media is going to portray the worst in him. But yeah, I think Trump is handling this well. The early restrictions from China was a great move. Restrictions now in travel uh, from Europe is also a good move. Anything to limit the flow of people, um, organizations such as the NBA and the NCAA taking uh, measures to limit large crowds gathering, great idea. We want to avoid having large crowds gather frequently. I know I'm a little disappointed personally. A lot of track meets are getting canceled and yeah. I'm in the fitness of my life right now. So I'm disappointed that I won't be able to uh, to maybe race at a large stage this season. But, you know, I, I think that's a necessary evil in terms of curbing the spread of this disease, especially as the people who will be most affected are the elderly and those with compromised immune systems. Yeah, and that you can easily do the coronavirus um, lookup on Google and pretty much um, it's actually limited to like flu uh, symptoms and that it only affects people with respiratory issues currently and the elderly. So it really hasn't, there hasn't been information, like we said, lack of information out there about um, young kids and the effect it has and the trans, um, the ability to, for it to be transmitted. We actually have a clip because Ireland Ireland's prime minister, Leo Varadkar, came out this morning and he's pretty much closing down schools, gatherings of more than 100 people inside and over 250 people outside. So here's the clip of the prime minister, prime minister uh, speaking. Colleges and childcare facilities will close from tomorrow, where possible teaching will be done online or remotely. Cultural institutions will close as well. Our advice is that all indoor mass gatherings of more than 100 people and outdoor mass gatherings of more than 500 people should be cancelled. Arrangements are being made to ensure that everyone entering Ireland through ports and airports is fully informed and self-isolates if they develop symptoms. You should continue to go to work if you can, but where possible you should work from home. And in order to reduce unnecessary face-to-face -face interaction in the workplace, break times and working times should be staggered and meetings done remotely or by phone. So that was an update from the Ireland Prime Minister, Leo Varadkar, and we're looking at it here in Fresno now and the big issues that it's presenting. Fresno State's looking at closing classes down. Fresno Pacific's looking at closing campus down and going to online. And this is a big issue because there's not as many cases here in the United States, and we're already taking these desperate measures to do so. Yeah, I think that's wise and prudent. You know, there's no sense in waiting until this becomes catastrophic in nature in order to take preventative measures. So yeah, looking at things like shutting down large gatherings like they're doing in Ireland, I think has a lot of merit and, you know, just being wise and keeping like uh, practicing social distancing, you know, like right now we're saying there's about a meter apart from us. That's about as close as anybody should be standing from each other right now in terms of how this disease is spread. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Don't cough all over me right now. Right. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that's uh, 
things like that where, yeah, it's just wise, you know, when we had uh, Sherry White on the show a few weeks ago and she talked about taking some of the just basic necessary precautions that the CDC is recommending, you know, washing your hands, keeping some space between people, maybe refraining from things like handshakes and opting instead for like a fist bump or an elbow bump or just maybe a nod of the head. Like let's, let's limit things like that, that will, uh, um, will slow the spread of this disease. Yeah. And, and the precautions that are being taken across the world, I'm hoping that it doesn't hit that point in the United States. And I feel like these measures, especially with the travel ban coming into place that will help avoid lots of cases that we saw with H1N1, which was serious at the time. And there was, plenty of deaths that happened during that um, center of disease control actually estimated the swine flu infected 61 million people in the United States and caused 12,469 deaths and pretty much a total of 500,000 people died around the world at that point. So we're not to those numbers yet. And I'm hoping these precautions will help lower those numbers that it doesn't get to that point. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, what do you want to move to next? So we can look at the media response to the coronavirus. I think that's interesting. Yeah, for sure. CNN, especially hammering Trump at any any which way direction. We had AOC come out and had some comments as well. Let's look at the CNN stuff first. I know Don Lemon was pressuring John Kasich to pretty much say bad things about the president. And John Kasich already doesn't like Donald Trump. Right. So he during the 2016 campaign, you saw how much he egged on John Kasich. They're not good friends. But they're defending Trump's coming out and showing that he actually cares about the issue, that it's not him tweeting out information and people not taking it serious, that he's that, oh, it's just a hoax. And I don't think Donald Trump was ever in that state of mind, but I think the media spun it so bad. Right. So we have Don Lemon. I think this is the let's see. Let me make sure to pull this clip up correctly. And this is a frustrating clip, in my opinion. Yeah, he's pretty much comes on. John Kasich's trying to explain what he thought about everything and Don Lemon pursues and continues to aggravate John Kasich. So here's clip number three. From this president and this administration and we're not getting it. I'm going to tell you, first of all, he read it and somebody that wrote this, look, I don't want to get into that. He went, was why on not? today. That's why you're here tonight, to talk was, about the president's can I, address. Can I finish now? No, but Let no, me no, talk. no, 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 you Let can't, John. John, because we're here to talk oh, about I can't the president's talk? I can't talk. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, it wasn't the best speech, but yeah, the, the measures that have been taken are appropriate measures. And I think that's sort of a, a theme that we're, we're saying today, but that's certainly not the theme that the mainstream, especially left-leaning media, is trying to imply here. Yeah, and you have guys like Jim Acosta coming out, calling him xenophobic, and we have that clip up as well. And the media just has this agenda, and it's from day one to destroy Donald Trump. Yeah, and when Trump calls this a Chinese virus or a virus originating in China, that's nothing to denigrate the people of China or it's not a xenophobic remark by any means. It's simply saying that, oh yeah, this disease, like several diseases that we've seen in recent uh, past that reached uh, pandemic levels, originated in China. I think Trump mentioned that it it could have some impact on future trade dealing uh, with China, just this irresponsibility that they've had in dealing with this. But it's certainly not a xenophobic remark to uh, call a spade a spade and say that, you know, this is a Chinese virus. Yeah. So I have the clip of Jim Acosta on CNN this morning talking about the coronavirus and Trump. As a, quote, foreign virus, 
that that I think was interesting because as I was talking to sources earlier this evening, one of the points that the president wanted to make tonight, wanted to get across to Americans, is that this virus did not start here, uh, but that they're dealing with it. Now, why the president would uh, go as far as to describe it as a foreign virus, that is something we'll also be asking mm-hmm. questions about. But it, it should be pointed out that Stephen Miller, uh, who is a, an immigration hardliner who advises the president, is uh, one of his top domestic policy advisors and speechwriters, right. uh, had, was a driving force in writing this speech. And I right. think it's going to smack, uh, it's going to come across to a lot of Americans as smacking of uh, xenophobia, uh, right. to use that kind of term in this speech, Chris. What a jokester, a buffoon, this guy, these media outlet personalities, they come out and they think they know everything and they come out and they just spew all this hot garbage on everybody about the coronavirus. People are freaking out. And I don't think it's actually hit that level here in the United States, but pretty much people will listen to what the news says and people are just eating this stuff up and stores are going empty and you see it. Even the basic necessities such as toilet paper have become a hot commodity all of a sudden because people think it's the apocalypse. And this is just what the media has done and skewed all of this craziness about the coronavirus. Yeah, I know people who like just doing their normal weekly shopping, they go to the grocery store and they're looking for soap or or toilet paper or something like that. And you can't buy it like there's not normal supplies available because there's people who are stockpiling various goods that they think they'll need in a a long term waiting out period. I know you have uh, the AOC clip up next. I, yeah, that one's funny. You might as well just roll into that. Yeah, well, right before we get into that, we just had another breaking update with the NCAA canceling the men's and women's uh, March Madness tournaments. Oh, no way. Yeah, I, I didn't get that alert. So, so. another another sports uh, league going out and going into it. I'm scared because track season just might be over. Yeah, no, I, I think a lot of teams are no longer practicing. I think um, a lot of sports across the country – uh, Ivy, the entire Ivy League has chosen to shut down sports. You were saying that the Big West has largely shut down everything. Um, I'm assuming, yeah, this might just become a a, a a non-season for all spring sports. Yeah, and we're seeing that here in Fresno. My coach texted me just a little while ago talking about canceling practice today and not knowing exactly what, what we're going to do moving forward. I know we're not the biggest of leagues here in California were D2 Pac West. And we're already looking at the effects of the coronavirus here. And it really hasn't hit. We've had one or two cases here in Fresno. Um, But yeah, let's move into AOC's remarks about the coronavirus. I think she should be voted out of office this next election. And she, she just cracks me up. She goes all over the place all the time. I don't, she went to what Boston college this is just Boston College's finest right yeah, here. Yeah, a degree in economics. Yes. Let me tell you, do not go to Boston College for your economics degrees. They do not work. Exactly. So here's AOC's comment, audio clip number four. Honestly, it sounds almost so silly to say, but... Oh, kind of silly? Most of the stuff she says is kind of silly. All right, let's continue. <laughs> let's continue. There's a lot of restaurants that are feeling the pain of racism, uh, where people are literally not patroning Chinese restaurants. Um, They're not patroning Asian restaurants because of just straight up racism around the coronavirus. So. um, Wow. You know, I agree with you. I hope she gets kicked out of office very soon. I really hope though we get to continue to hear these golden sound clips of absolute nonsense from her. I just, something in me sort of enjoys hearing this like when she asked what a garbage disposal was and and things like that 
you know, I have a, a slight appreciation for her nonsense. Yeah, no, people were having some fun with it, showing Webster's Dictionary saying patroning is not a word. And then I thought it was even funnier is people were like, did you mean the Urban Dictionary? Patroning or patroning, hardcore drinking with your best bros? So quite possibly. she, You know, she was a bartender before getting into politics. That is true. That is true. But yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there. I think AOC just shows um, pretty much her knowledge of the world is not very vast. And she was bartending beforehand, Boston College. And you think, oh, she's probably very intelligent. And then some of the stuff that comes out of her mouth, we often question because, yeah, I don't know if that's right. Yeah, I think let's briefly dive into the argument she was making, though, that people are avoiding Chinese restaurants, you know, probably out of a fear that, oh, this coronavirus it originated in China, uh, so all Chinese people have it. I don't think there's anybody who thinks that. I think all restaurants are seeing probably a, a reduced number of, of patrons. That, that that would be a good way of using the word patron instead of patroning. Um, but yeah. All, uh, all restaurants are probably suffering a little bit because, yeah, I'm not going to want to sit down at a restaurant with a bunch of people around me who may or may not be carrying the coronavirus. Now, if you're in an area where there's a lot of people who have recently traveled from China, obviously, I'm not going to want to sit around them. I don't care what nationality they are. But if they've recently traveled from China, I'm going to want to avoid them. That's uh, what Thomas Sowell describes as second degree discrimination so first degree discrimination being somebody who is a certain way you know has some sort of characteristic must be bad because they have that characteristic that's first degree discrimination according to thomas soul but second degree discrimination is using the best available facts to make a, a decision and that's wisdom right there exactly and just looking at like like me and chan were just talking about like if I had the coronavirus, I wouldn't want to be very close to him or coughing on him. And that's the same thing if I go to a Chinese restaurant with people that have maybe just come back from China. I'm going to be in fear. And even just with the misinformation that was put out there, people were like, oh, if I drink Corona. <laughs> I was just about to bring that up. Like, that's the real discrimination going on right now. Um, I I think we should maybe start the um, the rumor that Budweiser has started the coronavirus and named it. That way they would get increased sales and decreased Corona sales. Um, That's obviously not true, but I think we should still start the rumor. Oh, so, and we just had another breaking update from Robert Foster, one of the coaches on our staff, said our season is clearly going to be altered by the coronavirus pandemic. At this moment, we don't know what to what extreme. Right now, many meets are being canceled. I will keep posted on more and and what is to be determined. Um, for as of I know of now, keep doing your workouts perfectly and turn with the same focus and intensity you have been. So pretty much we're not going to have practice today, it looks like, until we find out more information. And we just have to keep in communication with our coaches because we just don't know. Yeah, I certainly agree that it looks like this track season is uh, is over, as are most other spring sports, both on the uh, high school and collegiate level. Uh, also, unlike the professional level with like you said the nhl and the nba maybe we should touch briefly on why the nba has been suspended for this season uh do you have something to add so uh we have on special guest breaking right now seth garcia go ahead and uh share your thoughts seth um yeah i just uh one of one of my friends who works here with some of the friends of pacific staff just told uh, a few of, of us in our friend group that if um the 
like all of Fresno Unified goes online, goes on to online school, then we will too. And on ABC 30 at about 1.30, which is right now, I think, um, they're having a uh, like a board meeting about whether or not Fresno Unified should be going into online or anything like that. So we should hear about that pretty soon, like the results of that board meeting and anything of that nature. So I just wanted to throw that in there. Yeah, absolutely. Seth, thank you as always for your contributions. You've been uh, you've been a part of the Matt and Chan show for a while and we always appreciate what you have to add. Yeah, that's big news because that can mean no more in-person classes here at Fresno Pacific, even though we're a very small traditional undergraduate campus. And then just looking at it, I know my job is a face-to-face job being an RA and just looking at the effects of hey, I'm probably going to have to move home. And with classes, I'm assuming everybody on campus would probably have to move home, especially a lot of people that are commute here, or at least in commuting distance for the most part, except for our international students. I feel very bad for some of these people that are not going to be able to travel back home to their country. But looking at it, I, I just think, what is it going to take for the coronavirus to be like minimized here in the United States? And pretty much what are the effects of everything we're doing here? Like, if you are going out and you're canceling school, what are parents going to do that have to, they're not going to be able to stay home and watch their kids. They're going to have to go and work. So what are we looking at? Are we going to have payments like unemployment checks given out? Or are we going to be, cause you're not going to send your kids to a daycare, right? That's the same problem. Yeah. You're it'd just be better off sending them to school. And we didn't do that with H1N1, the swine, the swine flu. We didn't do it then. So why all of a sudden are we doing this for something that has been very minimized in the United States? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it, it's not immediately obvious what should be done. I think uh, we'll have to continue to watch the situation unfold. And then we'll, we'll get to see as we have more information available. I think from what I can tell, we're getting closer to having information on a vaccine. Uh, I heard, I think this was from the Assistant Surgeon General of the U.S., it could have been some from somebody different, but a clip talking about how we have a stage one test of a vaccine, which this is the fastest vaccine that has been yes. uh, brought to this level. But we're still at least two weeks out from that stage one uh, test of a vaccine moving to uh, something where it could actually be used for the mass population. I don't think we're super close on that, but as soon as that does become available, that will obviously bring tremendous amounts of stability and understanding of how we can move forward. Yeah. And then I know a lot of big news that people were talking about yesterday as well was Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson getting tested and testing positive for the coronavirus. And all people are like, Oh no, Forrest Gump, (laughs) Jenny. Oh no. So yeah, as we see, it has no boundaries. The coronavirus will affect anyone and everyone. I know that, Trump's talking with some prime ministers today from around the world, and they were saying that they're not going to be shaking hands to, to stop the spread. And I know there, I can't remember the prime minister he met with just this past week that uh, had has now had the coronavirus. So they're like, okay, hopefully the president has been tested for the coronavirus and that he doesn't have the coronavirus right. as we're combat, combating the coronavirus. Yeah, both uh, he yeah. and Mike Pence, is sure, I'm sure many others also were in that meeting. Yeah should all be getting tested. I know there's obviously enough tests to have our leading officials being tested for the coronavirus. So hopefully if somebody were to develop it, they would 
we would get to hear that on a public scale, like, okay, yeah, you know, Mike Pence has the coronavirus, for example, uh, would be uh, hopefully made public. Yeah, and just to look out there at the information being put out in our media outlets, please, 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 please be aware of what information you're reading because a lot of articles will miscue information, and there's always an agenda in the news, as we've seen across all platforms. And just even their article this past week, Politico, they put out an exclusive coronavirus. It's a pandemic. It's an exclusive, and the testing has been threatened by a shortage of critical lab materials. The thing is, most people probably read, oh, the first the first few paragraphs discussing about lab lab tests and different things for the coronavirus. But then in like the next to last paragraph, it goes in and says commercial labs, which have recently started running coronavirus tests, have not experienced any supply shortages, according to a spokesperson for the American Clinical Laboratory Association. So they're putting this information at the bottom where people aren't most likely to read it. So just be on the lookout. This There's articles being published every minute of every day. And just to be aware the only things you can do to help prevent the coronavirus is, of course, not to be going into public places with lots of people and people that have possibly had the coronavirus, especially in these low impact areas such as Fresno. We haven't had many cases here. We've had one or two. And just looking at the effects of it and just pretty much quarantine yourself is pretty much what we've seen as a solution at the moment. I don't think it'll be the best solution in the long term just because we just can't stop living life because of this. I'm really disappointed that a lot of these sports leagues are even just canceling events now, even with the no fans. I know TPC Sawgrass with the players this weekend, they're doing no fans. And oh, I, wow. I couldn't imagine next month we have the Masters and then there's another, and then we have the US Open right after that for golf. I'm a big golf fan. Chandler, I know you are as well. Yeah, it would be you. I could not imagine a, uh, a Masters tournament or a US Open without fans. That would be absolutely insane to watch it would be similar to watching an nfl game or a nba game with nobody in attendance it would be a completely different environment yeah and i think sports are just one of those things that especially when it's not politicized of course it's just one of those things that we can all unite around and that i love just be able to just sit down and watch a football game and just have no politics no news just be able to go ah get away from all the big news right. and everything that's circulating because we only have so much of our time of the day that we want to spend on media. So now it's like, okay, like let's, let's, let's watch sports and have a good time and just be united around that versus divided as we've seen in politics, such a taboo topic. Yeah. And here's some good news. Do we need to uh, wrap up into a, a closing segment right here? So we're going to have to be right back after uh, this little break that we're going to have right now. And we'll, we're going to be talking about the democratic convention. So stay, stick around. And welcome back to the Matt and Chan Show. Uh, we're going to wrap up with talking a little bit about the election for 2020. Obviously, the coronavirus is the major story today, but uh, still there is a um, election going to be happening in November for the president of the United election? States. Election? What election? Yeah, it's all about coronavirus, right? Um, so obviously, we talked last week down to just Bernie and Biden and it seems like Biden is the clear front runner at the moment. Shout out to Callan out there. I know he called you wrongly about a week he, ago. He, he did. Yes. Uh, Cal, if you're listening, I'm sorry. I was wrong. I thought for sure it would be Bernie. You were right. Here I said it. Yep. So Bernie's chances have fallen dramatically down to about a 0.1%, um, according to. So you're saying there's a chance. Yep. 538 
Bernie.com uh, if you want to go check out the article pretty much forecasting the amount of delegates that Bernie still has a chance to win. It's not looking good for Bernie. He doesn't bring in energy for being a revolutionary at all. You think, oh man, he's going to make a stand. They screwed him in 2016 with Hillary Clinton. They're screwing him again. And we're going to see it again this year as well. And we're looking at the debate. There's supposed to be a debate Sunday, a live debate, no audience. That would be weird because, you know, Bernie Sanders often plays off his audience. I don't think there's that many people in our country who really get behind his policies. But you bring in some radicals who are big supporters of him and they're going to make a lot of noise at a debate. And uh, if you don't have that, I think you're going to hear the crazy communist ramblings of Bernie Sanders and the crazy incoherent ramblings of Joe Biden. And that will be one that I probably won't watch. I actually might watch. I'm going to probably watch it just because I want to see if Joe Biden can be up there longer than five minutes. They're already cutting down different events for him to do across the country. Can you imagine him even leading the country at this point? He comes out this morning. I think we would be better prepared. I think he'd be a puppet for the Democrats. I think there would be no leadership on his part. At this point, it's pretty much whoever's standing on the Democratic side. You know, Bernie had strokes earlier this past year, and Joe Biden's over here can't even get up and say things. He's like literally a corpse. He literally is. Like if it wasn't for his varicose veins, as Rush Limbaugh said earlier this week, there would be no color to him. (laughs) The man is just a walking walking individual with no... (laughs) Yeah, no real thoughts either. Yeah, he's coming out telling voters they don't know what they're talking about. I wouldn't like to say that word on the air. He's coming out and just saying these random things and just making up stuff. And he's just all over the place. It's, there's, there, it's just at this point, it's really sad to see what's happened to Joe Biden because at first it was like, okay, it's a couple of gaffes there and there. Now it's just like, no, it might be onset dementia. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's sad to see like for his family and, and the like, um, but also really sad that that's who the Democrats are favoring at the moment. You know, one thing I'll say about him, he will challenge you to a push-up contest. Oh. (laughs) As he's done to several people who have been at his rallies who he thinks he disagrees with. Yeah, so I think at this point, Donald Trump should be favored in November at this point in time with the coronavirus. So it kind of worries me a little bit. This is the only thing that's been able to stick to Donald Trump so far because it's... um, yeah, it's just out there. Like you can't really defeat it. There's really no like way to argue against the coronavirus. It's right. there. Um, but I, I'm pretty sure, like um, I mentioned earlier, most respiratory diseases, once you get warmer weather in the summer, they tend to fade. And I think with as fast as the news cycle is moving in American politics right now, as soon as there's like a reduced number of cases of coronavirus in the U.S., it's going to be completely out of the news, um, which is absurd to me but that is how it tends to go so you know say we see significantly reduced cases by i don't know um we're in april say like late may um that's plenty of time to still roll into november uh, and gain some momentum again for trump so i i'm not too concerned about this affecting his presidency yeah not at all i just i you always got to be cautious especially with the news media they've been trying all four years the russian collusion and the Mueller report and everything that went down there, and then the impeachment hearings, everything that went down there as well. Right. You just got to be careful. And I think Trump's doing a good job right now. I am worried about the economy. I wanted to be able to go back up. I know we lost all those points and stuff that he's gained since being president. 
but I think we will come back around. I know Chan was talking about maybe buying right now would not be a bad idea. Yeah, I think sort of trying to find where it's going to bottom out and then buy as much as you can there. And then I've, I'm pretty sure it will bounce back up quickly. I was hearing somebody talk about like a V-shaped uh, economy where you're going to see this sharp decline followed by a sharp increase. And, you know, that might be a, a nice way to make a few bucks uh, without really having to do much work other than put money into a, a poor economy so yeah on a lighter note chick-fil-a came out with their signature sauces only in florida right now they're, they're testing the market but i think these things are going to be a hot thing the polynesian sauce that they have oh it's mm. so good um they're going to be coming out with this and so they'll start out in florida as their pilot and then we'll see from there but these things they're not badly priced they're starting at 350 um and they're going to be it's going to be 100% Chick-fil-A sauce, no knockoffs at all. I think it's going to be real tasty. Yeah, and the cool thing about these two is 100% of Chick-fil-A Incorporated profits will be donated to the Chick-fil-A Remarkable Futures Scholarship Initiative, um, and that awards $17 million of scholarships to 6,700 6, restaurant team members this year, um, and that's according to uh, ABC Action News in Tampa Bay. Uh and so, yeah, I, I think that's a, a really brilliant thing that they're doing, obviously getting the Chick-fil-A sauce to the people and then giving the money back to their employees uh, to pay for their education. That's a win-win. Gotta love Chick-fil-A. Yep. Chick-fil-A sauce for scholarships. Yeah. On on that, um, we're pretty much done here. Just want to give out another shout out from the CDC just to make sure you wash your hands for at least 20 seconds. And if you don't have water nearby to use hand sanitizer and avoid touching your eyes, nose or mouth to avoid any spreading of the coronavirus. But till next time, this is the Matt and Chan Show. Wish I wish that I was bulletproof, bulletproof. I wish I wish that I was bulletproof, bulletproof. I'm tripping on my words and my patience writing every verse. In a cadence to tell you how I feel, how I feel, how I feel. This is how I deal, how I deal, how I deal with who I once was. Now in acquaintance, think my confidence is in the basement, trying to keep it real, keep it real, keep it real. Cause I'm not made of steel, made of steel. Yeah.